It's actually Gareth. Um, it's Dave's going to watch what just happened, and we'll do that for the show. It'll be like a wormhole. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for coming. This is Dave. He's lost his mind, and um, he doesn't know who he is, but we're going to plow through. He hit his head pretty hard earlier in a bathroom sink, um, so he doesn't know who he is. But you got this, right, David? Hi. There we go. See? It's going to be fine. This is not going to be a problem. Is there a fire? What's happening? Um, it's atmosphere uh, smoke. Oh, okay. That used to be a, a wall. Oh. That's a, it's a change. Behind you. Oh, it used yep. to be a wall. Yep. Uh, they kept it. Sure. Sure, so sure, it's sure. still a wall. You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, once a week, mm-hmm. read a story from American history to a guy that I met sure. on a shitty podcast. Sure. <laughs> Named Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Don't you think we need to add a little spice to the mix, Dave? Hey, what if we had a little something extra? Uh, are you talking about a dash of Ando? I think I am. Will Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's dash of Ando. A dash of Ando. <laughs> <laughs> I think it works. Uh, June 20th, 1909. Okay. <laughs> that died fast. Was that rehearsed? Errol Leslie Thomas Flynn was born... Oh, boy. I don't know much. You should know. You should know. Do you know? Mm, yeah. Do you? <laughs> was Errol Flynn? Yeah. I know Errol Flynn okay. is. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, but I'm sure, surely there's reasons you're bringing him up. Was born in Hobart. <laughs> that Brutal. That was the saddest. That was the That saddest. was the one guy who was sad there wasn't a Hobart show. <laughs> I know, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, to Theodore uh, Flynn and Marielle Flynn, Errol's dad was a botanist and was often away for work, and Errol spent a lot of time at the local cinema. Where's the botanist going for work? Oh, back then, they'd fucking travel the world. Oh, they'd be like, you need a garden? <laughs> hey, man, you want th- some green? I don't think you know. You want a little green? Huh? <laughs> what, do you want a bush? <laughs> Meet me around the side. I'll give you a bush. Get you a little <laughs> shrub action. You know what I'm talking about? Are you... Are you confusing a botanist with a guy who owns a nursery? No, but... I mean, he's, in the, he's around the area. <laughs> uh, so Errol spent a lot of time at the local cinema. He got in for free because the guy who owned it would spend time with his mom while his dad was out of town. I don't know why that's strange. Doesn't every... Wow. 
My dad I mean, was on the I road guess when lot. you're a kid, free movies. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, of course, too. The, that was the guy's idea. He's like, why don't you go check out a movie? Get the fuck out of here. Huh? That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Go and see a double feature. Huh? I'm going to show your mom a double feature. Get out of here, Harold. Get the fuck out of here. Go. But I've seen all the movies. Go. The owner would pick up Errol and his mother at home and then drop Errol off at the theater. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bang for your buck. I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> Errol's mother was not a great mother. She, uh... She... <laughs> Fuck off. She got him free movies? Yeah. <laughs> I would have let my mum fuck everyone in the neighbourhood if I got free movies. <laughs> At that age, it's so true. You'd be like, do whatever to her. I don't care. I love popcorn. Uh, Errol's mother thought he stole her youth and she was often violent. When Errol was seven, he and a girl were caught showing each other their genitals. His, bomb, his mom beat up Errol and then he ran away for three days. Oh, my God. Local farmers returned him after Errol, Errol approached them looking for work. With that's, his genitals out? <laughs> hey... I'm just showing him. At seven. He's seven. like, uh, hey, you got anything around here I could do? I got uh, kicked out of my house for showing a girl my dick. Uh, I'm seeking employment. Seven. 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 I'm gonna back you standing? Up. Oh, no, I'm okay. just going to back up because it felt weird. Okay. I just felt like I was in front of you guys. Okay. Now I, I want to be able to see you without turning my neck. I don't like to turn my neck. Well, it's always a sign of confidence when you retreat from the audience. <laughs> They're lucky I don't have my back turned right now. Uh, so, so Errol only spent time with. There he goes. Bye. That's good. I like it. Wasn't yep. Will here? No. Oh, there, I love hey, this. What? Hey, there was never a Will here. I see Will people. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. It's like a ghost Will is yeah. with us. <laughs> Will's behind a screen for those listening. <laughs> he walked off stage and behind a... a screen. It's fine. It's totally normal. It's how we do the show. <laughs> Errol only spent time with his dad when he figured out ways to involve Errol in his work. Errol was disappointed his father never showed the kind of joy and excitement towards him as he would for something like the time the university got funding for a device that would slice porcupine ovaries in 200 thousandths of an inch. <laughs> so he just wanted that kind of love. What, what's the advantage? Of a porcupine ovary? Of slicing the ovaries into uh, uh, two thousandths of an inch? Yeah. Well, then they're... Um, Tiny? We can easier to uh, mm -hmm. eat. That's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what botanists do. <laughs> yeah. they it's eat. a local delicacy. Oh, my oh, God, Will. I didn't know... Oh, my God. Is the wall talking? Don't do that. Yeah, that no, it's Will. Amazing. It's not the wall, it's, it's the Will. They actually serve, they serve them on their own spikes. It's very... It, you, there were dinner parties back in those days. You'd have a porcupine with the ovaries served on top on the spikes. Very, very fashionable. <laughs> very now in Hobart of the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I like this. It's like we just have, like, a fat yeah. guy back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come back, but it's an awkward walk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. 
it oh, can make applauding. it. There's, There's a funny bit to get here, but getting back is lonely. No. You it's my up own something. personal dollop walk of shame. <laughs> <laughs> but there he goes. Uh, so Errol wanted to be a scientist like his uh, dad, and he did experiments. Oh, there's Will. Once Errol learned that ducks almost immediately digest fatty pork. Uh, uh-oh. So he tied a piece of pork to a 10-foot piece of string and went into his backyard that was full of ducks. Oh, God. It so wasn't he, long. he invented duck fishing? Yeah. No. He realized that ducks, like, really ingest this, uh, what was it, fatty pork really fast. Like, it just goes through So he's got them. string on so the pork. tied string to the pork. And then we're and about... threw it to the ducks. And, and it wasn't and long before he managed to uh, human centipede a half dozen ducks. <laughs> ass to mouth on string. Oh, my God. Well, that is actually where the expression to get your ducks in a row comes oh from. Oh, my God. So... It's true. Oh, my God. This is the origin story of the popular Australian TV character Pluck a Duck, isn't it? It's a great show. Yeah. It's one of my favorites ever yeah. since I was... Yep. The age. 23. Four. Yep, yeah. exactly. Um, he, he, uh, he then, after he had all the ducks t- stringed together, he charged local kids to come and see. Ah. Uh. And then his father came home and saw the duck appeed, and he beat up Errol for the first and only time. So he's just getting okay, his now ass that's kicked. that's one where I'm like, all right. All right. Some, sometimes maybe you, you can't beat up a kid. Maybe. He's getting beat up for every choice he makes. Well, they're not good choices. Well, I mean, he's, he's doing all the things regular kids do. <laughs> Stringing ducks together via the ass. Getting his jennies out there. <laughs> Normal. Errol wasn't much of a... S- <laughs> I mean, essentially, he's invented Instagram. He sent a dick yeah. pic and he's done duck face. Yeah. They are the two. <laughs> Errol wasn't much of a student, and he was a bit of a shithead. He once threw the family dog in a fire. Ah, fuck. Jesus Christ. Oh, I thought it was Bach. (laughs) It said it was. Fuck you, fuck you. (laughs) What are you? (laughs) Bark. To the fire. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, He'd been expelled from at least two schools. The Flynn family wasn't sure what to do with Errol. At 12, he lost his virginity to the family maid. Oh, wow. Jesus. And was expelled from his third and fourth school. But it's fucking, like, how old was he when he had sex with the mate? Twelve. Twelve. The reverse Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I love it. He's Benjamin Button, yeah. that, hasn't yeah. he? I mean, you got to have was some he... fucking game if you're fucking putting the moves on the mate at twelve. Twelve, yeah. When the mate is like, is this kid hitting on me? What the hell's going on here? You want to see my dustbuster? Want to see a duck show? <laughs> so did he get expelled from school because he was he sleeping just, with the maid? No, all kinds of different stuff. Oh, okay. He's just, he's, he beats people up. and. I wonder where he gets it from. I don't know. 
Uh, so his father was headed to Britain to deliver duck-billed platypuses to the London Zoo. Oh, watch the string. So he took the family and then immediately dropped off Errol at a boarding school in London. Okay. Errol then rarely saw his parents throughout his teenage years. His dad went back to Australia, and his mom took an extended vacation in Europe. So when he was expelled... But he didn't know that he was going to boarding school. That's what you're no, saying, No, he right? didn't know. No, yeah. so they, like, they reversed home aloneed him. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%, except without all the h- h- hilarious... Okay. No. <laughs> I just thought of the movie that it was. Home Alone 2, if you ever want to see gratuitous violence that's horrifying, I highly recommend that. Have you ever seen the video where they put blood around the actual... What it would be like if someone actually got injured in Home yeah. Alone 2? Because they would have died a number of no, times. No, there was, an, there was a someone, doctor who went through and, like, it, every hit in Home Alone, he was like, again, shattered cranium. Uh, <laughs> He was like, optical nerve completely ruined, uh, blindness for sure, and I don't think his heart would still be pumping, like I said from the previous injury. I don't think he'd have uh, a heart. I want to see a gritty reboot of Home Alone. Oh, oh yeah. Right That'd away. be so good, where like, it's just the story of a kid who gets left home alone and kills two strangers. <laughs> and it's over in like 15 minutes. Just like, oh shit, I killed him. No, he like fucking tortures him for an hour and a half. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Burning them. Again, fourth-degree burns. Definitely fourth-degree <laughs> burns. Again, shattered cranium. Um. Uh, so he then got expelled from the boarding school, and his father got in, him into another private boarding school, which he was then quickly k- kicked out of. Okay. And then his father brought him back to Australia and put him in an elite private boarding school in Sydney. I didn't know they had those in Sydney. <laughs> Errol was tall and athletic and super good-looking. Kind of like me. Ring a bell. You're easy on the eyes. What can I say? <laughs> you like movies? <laughs> Wait a minute. You guys are going to do it. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I want to go watch a story about a kid murdering two <laughs> elder men. Uh, Errol often beat up other students and excelled in the school boxing program. He went on to fight. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. he's studying. Yeah. He went on to fight in the state amateur championships and was known for smugly smiling at his opponents in the ring while dancing around. And after a while, he'd look at his feet and his opponent would follow his gaze and then Errol would punch them. That's a... <laughs> I mean, that's like a video game. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the guy who looks at his feet. And then you hit him. Yeah. Hey, what's going on down there at your feet? <laughs> oh, shit. Good one, Errol. It's good. Uh, he was expelled again. Former classmates said it was either for stealing money or because he was caught fucking the daughter of the school's laundress. I'm going to go with option B. Yep. Yeah. If it's Errol Flynn, it's Yeah, he likes him. a tidier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Got a thing for a cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> that says something. <laughs> it's his type. Yeah. <laughs> what, so, are you do- what are you doing there, Muppet? Yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so um, he was 17 now. He's 17 years old, uh, and his parents are in Europe. So he decided to just—he was just done with school. Yeah, I think school decided it was done with Errol, right? Yeah. He was looking for a job when he was seven. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he put the vibe out there early. He was yeah. like, "I'm not for school." No, right? And when he was seven, he just showed people his dick, and yeah. then like went and looked for a job. That's literally what he did. <laughs> well, I gotta go get a job now. I showed my dick. I know how it works. I'm seven. 
Uh, he stayed with relatives around Sydney. He was a smooth operator, good-looking, charming, and witty. He became friends with a wealthy socialite, Kenneth Hunter Kerr. Uh, they were both into tennis and uh, courting pretty rich young women. Okay. <laughs> Kenneth got Errol a job for an importing company. Uh, he quickly got fired for stealing the petty cash. Right. <laughs> Blowing at a racetrack also. Okay. Now, in 1927, Razor Street Gangs in Sydney were very active, and a friend convinced Errol to join one of the Razor Gangs uh, because they, he said it would make them rich. That guy's not very smart. Okay. But in their first week as gang members, his friend was accused of being a rat, and by the end of the week, he was dead in a gutter. Jesus Christ. So Errol, Errol left the gang. Okay. Yeah, he's like, that's a bad <laughs> job. After he fucked the woman who cleaned up the crime scenes. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing there? Cleaning up blood? Yeah. That's hot. That's hot. That's yeah. hot. Yeah, but I can make you come. <laughs> Excuse me, how old are you? Four. Okay. I mean, sure. Yeah, it is the time. Uh, so, so I'm dating a four-year-old. Um, he's, he's awesome. He's huge. We have a lot in common. So gold was found in New Guinea, which you knew about. Yes, I remember when that happened. So gold rush, Errol pulled together enough money to board a ship, and on the journey, he charmed the wife of a government official, and she got him an interview for a cadet patrol officer job. Mm. So the requirement, too, were to have completed high school and know about sanitation. Well, he knows about sanitation. <laughs> He's fucked his way into the no. career. <laughs> We caught Errol fucking uh, a mop. Um, <laughs> as far as you. sanitation goes, I've I've uh, I got a whole operation where ducks don't shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Things are good. Uh, so he uh, so he gets the job, uh, and he's sent to a remote village working as a cadet cadet patrol officer. He dressed like a classic uh, little Commonwealth imperialist. He has a white suit, a white helmet, and uh, he carried the little cane around. Sure. And he'd teach tribes about sanitation. He couldn't believe the natives dressed in G-strings made of vine, lived amongst roaming pigs, used holes for toilets, and left dead dogs out to rot. What? This guy, but he, think about his life. He's throwing dogs in fire. Yeah, but not, I mean, that's taking care of them. Mm. As opposed to just leaving them around to rot, you yeah. know. At least he's cutting out the middleman, sort of. Sure. Right. You mean the Reaper? But soon he was bored. He started spending his days swimming in a watering hole and hitting on the wife of a high-ranking Australian Jesus. government employee. What did she clean? <laughs> Her name was Mora. And one day he saw Mora swimming, so uh, he stripped down to his trunks, and he dove in the swimming hole she was in. Uh -huh. okay. uh, and then when he surfaced, he was face-to-face -face with his boss. Who was also in the water. Okay. And was now furious because Errol was supposed to be working. So as Errol got out of the swimming hole, he told Mora that he'd be getting fired the next day and probably would never see her again. And she said, my husband's going to be out that night. You should come over. Wow. All right. <laughs> so there's a pattern. He's got the goods, huh? Yeah. Yeah, all right. But Mora's husband came home early and found them fucking in bed. Oh, boy, he's back in the watering uh, hole. He might lose his job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're rehired. <laughs> what? And they got into a fist fight, and the husband ended up in the hospital 
Yeah, because Errol like was a good fist fighter. Yeah, like, he's a boxer. Boxer, but and also in his spare time. Yeah. Yeah. No, the guy walked in in like the worst scenario because the right. two things he knows how to do are box and fuck. Yeah. And so he walked in and he's like, oh, that's it. Let's do it. He's like, these are the things I'm good at. So he's fucking his wife while he's punching him. Yeah. I mean, if he was like pulling like a duck string at the time, it would just be like all the strengths. Um, so the next day, Errol had a meeting with his boss, right, about jumping in the swimming hole. What? They still had the meeting? This isn't the same. Oh. This is a different guy. Oh, this is a different boss. Yeah, the good, the the. The uh, the husband is a different guy. Right. Okay. okay. Right. So he goes in to meet his the boss who he had seen in the swimming hole, and the bo- and he's all bloodied and he's got a bruised face. And his boss is he tells the boss the story and the boss is like, "That's fucking awesome. I hate that guy. You can keep your job." <laughs> Does he have a genie lamp? Maybe. <laughs> okay. I mean. So. <laughs> He's only making terrible choices yeah. and being rewarded constantly. Oh, you're going to love this story. <laughs> oh, boy. Does he become president of America? <laughs> kind of. <No. laughs> um, You'll never believe it. The devil came to me one day, and all I had to sacrifice was one dog and six ducks. That's it. And, and now my dick. I have a genie dick. A genie dick. I rub it, and I get wishes. That's what happens. Well, then we all kind of have one, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go rub the lamp for a minute, get a wish. <laughs> so, after a while, someone checked on his record, probably the guy he fucking beat up, and found out he had not graduated from high school, and then he was fired. Okay. So, right. <laughs> now, at the same time... He so he fucked the wife of a guy he hated and got his job again. <laughs> Um, he also contracted malaria around this time, uh, which, and he'd have recurring bouts for the rest of his life. He next conned himself into a job managing a copra plantation. A, a what? Copra. A cobra plantation? Copra. Copra plantation. Uh, it's a meat of a coconut, and it's used to extract coconut oil. So he's in charge. Now he, no experience, he cons himself into running this plantation. He's in charge of 120 indentured laborers, and he has no idea what he's doing. So... He went and talked to an upper-class naval commander to ask what he should do, who was a friend of his. How do you be in charge? And he said, uh, uh, quote, uh, easy, old boy, nothing to it. You just get a hold of the boss boy. Every plantation has one. Call for him and just say, boss boy, carry on. That's all there is to it. <laughs> He'll run it from there. <laughs> okay. Sure, sure, sure. So... He shows up to the plantation, and most of the native employees are naked. And the boss boy told, uh, he told the boss boy what to do. And, uh, and the boss boy said, well, these are guys from two different tribes, and they hate each other. Uh, but he puts them in, in charge. And then uh, besides the men showing up to work just bloodied every day because they would live in the same camp, and they were from different tribes, so they would just beat each other up at night, um, it went great. Other than that, it was yeah. a success. So the plantation's running smoothly. And sure. then Errol would spend his day swimming and exploring and riding around on a horse. <laughs> He's contributed nothing. Yeah. At night, he drank and went to brothels. He wrote to his father after he'd been arrested for assault, quote, I hit a Chinaman. 
Who hasn't started that letter? <sighs> who, who amongst us? I hit a Chinaman who had poor manners and the presumption to call me by my surname without any mister or master before it. He expects a master? Or mister. Yeah, I mean, you know. Okay. He really likes himself. Sure. I complained to him that the Chinamen around here were becoming increasingly insolent and getting away with it all because the League of Nations recognized them as equals with the white man. When the Germans owned this region, a Chinaman had to take his hat off before talking to a white man. Otherwise, it was knocked off. So he, he punched the guy. I mean, there are some parts of this state where those opinions are still pretty relevant. So... <laughs> That was, a, that was a half laugh. <laughs> so Errol's a good guy so far. Yeah. Mm. For the assault, he was given the option of a 30-pound fine or two weeks in prison. Okay. Okay. What did he take? He took uh, prison. I... He took prison. Yeah. Wow. But that's because whites weren't allowed to serve in the same prison as locals. So he got house arrest instead. How do you monitor house arrest back then? Oh, uh, I don't, don't know. Don't leave. See you later. Well, he didn't. He just got drunk, and then w- women would come over, and he'd fuck them. Like, that was his house arrest. House arrest for him is, like, Saturday night. Every night, Saturday night. Uh, and then he got gonorrhea while he was on house arrest. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Errol Flynn was today quoted in house arrest as saying, Winning! My life is winning. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's tweeting before Twitter. He keeps saying hashtag. <laughs> going to get dark. One day, a member of a nearby tribe ran into a plantation saying another tribe had just massacred his people. This happens. This happens when I'm at work all the time. Earl went to the site and found a terrified young girl in nothing but a grass skirt hiding and trembling. Here is the description of finding a girl amidst a slaughter of human beings. Quote, she was absolutely exhausted, petrified. She looked up at me as if she anticipated death. She was little and probably young, though they had no conception of age there. We managed to convey to her that there was nothing to be afraid of, and her face lit up, and I realized I was staring at a honey-color girl of exceeding femininity. Oh, my God. (sighs) Haven't you guys ever fallen in love with someone in the middle of a massacre? How how are you even in that mode? Have you heard of a sociopath? (sighs) Uh, Yes. (sighs) Still. She had a perfect little figure and the most... Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Glorious pair of breasts you ever saw. It start... Honestly, when it started off, it was... You were like, oh, he does have empathy. Yeah. She's petrified. Yeah. She thinks she's going to die. Yeah. She's really cute. And uh, are you thirsty? Do you like rum? (laughs) You want a drink? Let's get some pina coladas. You'll be fine. Let's have a drink. What do you like to eat? We have so much in common. Listen to us. We're old souls. Don't cry. Don't cry. No. She had the most glorious pair of breasts you ever saw. The classic ski jump type. Again, is that a common expression of the time? Yeah. He, well, how is he talking like he's in like <laughs> like he's in the eighties in a ski movie? <laughs> dude, she had six slopes, dude. Kind you want to ski right off of, dude. These aren't bunny hills. These are black caverns, bro. <laughs> Fucking real shit. 
Arrow. Yeah. Come over tonight, man. Let's have some bongs, Arrow. Hey, man, I would, but I saved a girl earlier with sick mounds. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Man. And hashtag winning, bro. <laughs> Errol, you're the man. <laughs> you're Flintstone, man. <laughs> I took... Another sharp look at her breasts and made the decision. She comes with us. That is. I keep interrupting in the hope this letter will finish. <laughs> so she would not come with. They would not try to no, save her. her in no, other... they t- he took her home. Yeah, and she lived as a servant and then became his lover. Well, probably once she like... started cleaning. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, whenever I see a maid. <laughs> He also started dynamiting fish as his second job. That's a good... No, that's a, that is a good way to pick up extra income, though. That is... Dynamiting fish, really... It's good. It makes sense. And he'd sell Fish them. don't like it. They were a little freaked out by that <laughs> twisted technology. Oh, shit! He's just lighting dynamite and yeah. looking at the fish. Hey, I met a great girl with ski-like breasts. <laughs> totally normal. Totally normal. There was just some day when some guy was like, why don't we just throw dynamite at him? <laughs> I'm like, that seems crazy, right? I mean, it seems crazy. They're going to fly out of there. Let's see. <laughs> needs fishing uh, rods. Errol went in on a ship and used it to charter passengers around New Guinea. Like the plantation, he had a native crew run the ship. but So now he's running the charter ship and the plantation, uh, but he's not really in charge of either. He's just having guys do it. Right. Uh, this is actually what the four-hour work week is. Right. But then the plantation owners noticed he was gone all the time, and they fired him. So now it's 1929, and he's looking for cash. So Errol decided to get into the illegal slave trade. (sighs) (laughs) Let's keep Um, peeling the onion, David. But it didn't go well. In his first raid, he shot a native uh, and was charged with murder. Um, Thankfully, he was white, so he was acquitted. Errol, what? I didn't do anything. Well, there was a loud sigh. <laughs> Just well, well, you know, the last couple of nights have been hard, Dave. Yep. There's a lot about the history of our country that like, is hard and difficult to reconcile with in a comedy way on stage. But tonight, when you said Errol Flynn, I thought, oh, this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's a good guy. <laughs> no, that's coming across. Yep. Errol then decided to return to Sydney in 1931, where he fell back in with an old cry buddy, and he got engaged to a wealthy woman named Naomi Dibbs. He bought a yacht and sailed it back to New Guinea, and he convinced Naomi that New Guinea tobacco would make him rich, and that he'd be back, and then he sold the yacht and bought a tobacco plantation. Uh, mm, that's not what he said, though. Well, he said tobacco would make him rich, and they bought a yacht with her money, and then Right. And they sold it and bought tobacco. So in a way? Yep. Sort of? Yep. He's a loopholer. One day, his boss boy took Errol to meet his family. When Errol saw his young daughter for the first time, he oh said boy. to him, No, Dave, Dave. Will's going back to the screen. Don't do this. Will, stay here. It's fine. It's fine. What is, well, it's fine. Every time you see he saw a girl, it's like, oh, God, no, please, just... This is what happens when you're tossing your genitals around and getting beaten up for it at seven. He said to himself, quote, I knew I had to buy her. <sighs> Who hasn't said that? <laughs> you go over to a friend's house, 
And they're like, this is my daughter, Julie. I, can I, may I purchase may your daughter? I, uh, what is the offer you have on the table already? And uh, maybe I'll, I'll counter. He, the father sold her for two pigs, a roll of English shillings, and some seashells. You don't, tell, you don't tell the person you sold them for that, right? Like, it's a million dollars. Some string and two pigs. Have fun. Um, it only lasted a year, though, and then, and then he dumped her, uh, and she went back to Sydney, and he went back to Sydney and his fiancée, so it was a brief love affair. Okay. Wait, he went back. Is he still engaged? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's sticking with him? He's a fucking great lover. <sighs> okay. In Sydney, Errol was somehow offered, I just assume because he was super good looking, offered the lead role in one of Australia's first films with sound called In the Wake of the Bounty. Was this just his mother sending him to go make a movie while she had sex with other people? Yeah. (laughs) Go make one. Reviews were mediocre and his performance was considered shit. (laughs) So he fucked the wives of all the reviewers. (laughs) (laughs) But Errol fell in love with acting. He started having an affair with a wealthy older woman named Madge. Madge is de- you. You get you, you're named Madge at seventy, right? Yeah. You don't like you no, don't you grow turn up into as a, a Madge. Madge. You yeah. start out as like a Bridget, and then all of a sudden you're yeah. like, wait, a Madge? <laughs> One day Madonna will be Madge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and release an album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he then stole Madge's jewels and left town. He would never return to Australia again. First, he stopped in a town in Queensland and talked himself into a job as a farm sheep dagger. As a, as a farm sheep dagger? Well, they know what a dag is, so you oh, don't. Dagger. But this is different than that. Like, I thought you dagger. Like, I thought you meant like a fucking dagger. Like, well, he was it is. Like, that is. Oh, it is that. But oh, I good. I think some people are thinking dag, right? Is that what you're thinking? Yep. Yeah. No, no it's but not he dag. was just stabbing them? Dag's like the shit that hangs off a sh- sheep's butt. Yeah. What? He just it's winked also, at me. It's also, at me. It's also slang for, like, idiots. Yeah. Well... I've... It's old-school Australian slang. It's the sort of thing that Madge might say. Oh. Madge would be like, oh, Harold, you're such a dag. Okay. And he'd say, I'm not shit on a sheep's bottom. Shit on a sheep's bottom is dag. Okay, I'm so, learning a uh, lot. So he got this job, but he didn't know what it was. He just applied for the job. Yeah, he just uh, yeah he thought he just had to clean shit off asses. Right. It turns out uh, they castrate sheep, and it involved cutting the scrotum with a knife and then finishing the job with your teeth. What, Dave? David. But how Australian is that? <laughs> like Why just get the you knife could just involved? keep doing it with the knife, but then they're like, no, you can finish it with your teeth. Nah, it's Australia, mate. Uh, you burn it. <laughs> Take that it off was with the, your teeth. That was the original draft of that scene in Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> That's not a knife. And then he ripped his balls off with his teeth. <laughs> that was the original that was not drop. A knife. They that actually was not filmed a knife. it. It actually, you can see it. It's online. It's not shot in, like, they haven't mixed the sound, but it's still a pretty good scene. Paul Hogan's got, like, these guy's balls in his mouth. <laughs> He's going down under on right. him. <laughs> I mean, it's much more terrifying yeah. than a slightly larger knife. <laughs> yeah. That's not a knife. <laughs> oh my God, my balls, my balls, my balls, my balls, my balls. Where's the knife? Does he even have a knife? What is he doing? My God. This is a knife. That's not a knife. Those are my genitals. Monster. I get the name now, though. I understand the crocodile part of the name a little bit more. <laughs> Jaws strike is strong. 
Um, the farm had 50,000 sheep. That's going to be a lot of nut biting, Dave. I'm not a mathematician, but that's a lot of balls. It's like four, four weeks, right? Four weeks. <laughs> if I do my math correctly. Uh, but he was saved. <laughs> but he was saved when he was caught fucking the owner's daughter and <laughs> had to run off. This guy. He's a real dag. Yeah. Uh, he went back to New Guinea, sold the plantation, and left to pursue acting in England. On the ship, he made a friend for life. Austrian Dr. Herman Urban. Herman Urban? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Herman Urban. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Nothing to... How do you not pal up with that guy? No. They went to the Philippines together where they gambled, went to brothels, and got into cockfighting. Well... <laughs> Which was a different thing back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Errol, got, Errol started cockfighting at seven when he showed his well, he penis and just, got beaten up. Yeah, he combined his two favorite things. Cockfighting. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. He said we were going to a cockfight. He showed me his penis and broke my jaw. I don't... Was How did he... Uh, so Herman came up with the idea of lacing the rooster's beak with snake poison. Say again? Lacing the rooster's beak with snake poison. Oh. So it took a few minutes to kick in, so everyone would just think that the other rooster died from injuries. So they kept winning, and the scam worked. They're making a ton of money. But then an opposing cock died immediately after being pecked, and they were quickly run out of town. How do they know he didn't take a dive? <laughs> There's a lot of that in boxing and cockfighting. So they went to Ma- Macau, uh, where they Macau? Macau, where there were casinos. <laughs> Errol fell for a Chinese con woman who introduced him to opium and then stole all his money. Finally, yeah, finally, thank God. Yes, Yay. yes. All right, finally, someone to root for. Yeah, the. This, the rest gateway. of this story better be about her. <laughs> now we follow her, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this left Herman and Errol completely broke, so they headed for Hong Kong to sell the jewels that Errol had stolen. Mm. Uh, but on the ship, a pickpocket stole them. This is good. Ah, this is good. This is nice. Liking this run. Yeah. Um, then they went to Vietnam, where Errol got VD, or as he called it, quote, the pearl of great price. But a lot of, lot of things to talk about. So as of right now, he has malaria, gonorrhea, and he's got a new... A new strain of something. A new strain of something. Yep. And he called it what? The Pearl of Great Price. The Pearl of Great Price. That's... I mean, I will say this. He has a, na- he has a way with words, yeah. you know? Whether he's describing a girl's breasts yeah. in the midst of a battle yeah. or his VD. <laughs> he just has a poetic way of putting it. Yeah. That really is quite... That's a good spin. Yeah. Oh, I'd do it again. It's a great pearl. I love it. No, I can't. Pee. My penis. In late 1933, Errol parted ways with Herman, and he went to England. He got work with the Northampton Repertory Company as a stage actor. But he got booted out after he threw a female stage manager down a flight of stairs. Jesus Christ. He then got his big break. (laughs) It's quite a... The lead role in a movie, Murder at Monte Carlo. It did not take long, but the producer... uh, It did not make a splash. But the producer wrote to Warner Brothers saying he had found a superstar. The executives agree when they saw him on film and brought him to Hollywood. 
Because this is where this guy needs to be. Yep. Absolutely. Hollywood. Perfect. On the ship, Errol met French actress Lily Demita, and the next year they were married. I'm sure this will last. Uh, the first <laughs> I'm co- skeptical of this man. His first couple of jobs were minor roles in forgettable films. Warner Brothers just decided to promote Errol as Irish instead of Australian. Sure. And for the rest of his career, Errol would refer to his home country of Ireland. Sure. Sure. That's easy. Yes, fucking Irish prick. (laughs) Never trusted this motherfucker. I knew it. I knew he wasn't an Aussie. Fucking yeah. Fucking yeah. Oh, Flynn, you bastard. (laughs) You potato-eating VD-riddled motherfucker. Fuck off. Does he, does he need to sound like he's from Ireland? Or no, is he I just think like, he had nah, a, I am from a bloody Ireland. You I? think this guy put on a fucking accent? No way. He just no. talked with an Australian accent and everyone's like, oh, he's Irish. Because fucking Americans, yeah, yeah, that's for why. Sure. Yeah. yeah, You know, my friend's from Ireland. You might know him. Because you're from there for sure. There he is right there. Hello, governor! Oh. He's for sure from Ireland. You guys are going to get along. They're both lying about where they're from. They're both Australian. <laughs> All right. Stick with the yellow governor. Uh, in 1935, Jack Warner personally selected Errol for the title role in Captain Blood, a pirate movie, and it made millions. Errol was an overnight movie star. The money and fame came with booze, drugs, women, and, of course, a yacht. Sure. His wife's French accent was too thick for American audiences, and she couldn't find work. She could jealous. Why did she just say she was Irish? <laughs> Seemed to be an easy out. Uh, she grew jealous of his fame and the women he was screwing, obviously. They started fighting physically. Like, she would hit him with a chair and shit, and then he'd punch her. Good stuff. <laughs> they separated in 1937, and Errol moved in with David Niven. Now, David Niven and Errol had some similarities. When David Niven was 14, he fell in love with this 17-year-old sex worker he'd picked up at a Piccadilly circus. <laughs> Which is a place, not an actual circus. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just for the record. Could have gone either way. Wow. Whoa. And, uh... Yeah. They really should have a ringmaster at Piccadilly <laughs> Circus, though. Some asshole. So he moves in with David uh, Niven, and um, they regularly start having orgies. How, what, what, he's got... He's... Pardon the, the statement, Dave, but he's riddled with disease. <laughs> uh, when was penicillin... Okay. No, I wasn't saying what... How diseased is he? I was... When was penicillin invented? World War II. So okay. this is so he's he's holding on to this shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean they're pearls, right? Yeah. I've got my pearl, my ruby, my emerald. Ooh. Ooh. My family um, jewels. <laughs> so uh, they had orgies until one uh, one orgy one orgy. Errol made a pass at David, which hurt their relationship. Technically, he was just trying to bite his ball sack off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Later, Ronald Reagan claimed Errol tried to kiss him several times. Oh. Well, uh... I mean, what a great assassination attempt. 
Well, Harold, we shouldn't. We shouldn't, Harold. I know both of our loins are burning. Well, I don't know, Errol. I, uh, I think Nancy'd be pretty rubbed by the whole thing. I uh, like you as a pal, but I... Uh, well, I don't know, Errol. I really... I, uh, I'm vetoing. I, uh... um, what, I don't know if people know this, but at the time... Nancy Reagan, I think it was Nancy Davison, she was yeah. known as the blowjob queen of Hollywood. <laughs> Did you guys know that? <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of men later said they had... I mean, it's good that you're the queen. <laughs> Heavy as the head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of men later said they had sex with Errol and that his orgies were often bisexual. Like anything else, acting started to bore Errol. He played the same roles, and there was a lot of sitting around for months on end. So in 1937, the Spanish War was on, and Errol and his old friend, Herman, decided to go. Herman, Dr. Herman Urban? Yep. <laughs> Glad he's back. I miss that guy. They were um, such a good team. So they, they decided to go so Errol could pursue his new dream of being a writer like Ernest Hemingway. Sure. Well, we've read some great passages so far. Errol sided with the left-wing government fighting the fascists. A Hollywood superstar setting off to report on a civil war made headlines around the world. While in Spain, he wrote articles and Herman took photographs. What Errol didn't know was that Herman was actually known by the FBI as a Nazi operative. Uh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> Remember when I was happy to hear Herman was back? <laughs> we believe Herman Herman is working with the German. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> whole time I've been sitting here thinking of a third Ur Herman Urban, <laughs> like something will pop up since since his name was first mentioned. Yeah. like literally in that like, first bit, there's got to be a third. Like, like, gotta gotta be be a like, third. What if he moves, he could be suburban. He could be Herman yeah. Urban from yeah. suburban. I was thinking maybe Herman Urban likes drinking bourbon. We're in like <laughs> That's you know good. Queensland, but good. it really the story. Anyway, Dave, you do a good job with this podcast. Well done. <laughs> Thanks for staying folks. Thanks for staying focused on the story, guys. <laughs> it was a back burner. Oh. It wasn't front. Oh. Oh, oh, hello, Errol Flynn, right there. <laughs> um, the beer cascaded out of the bottle like sumptuous ski slopes. <laughs> so uh, he's reporting on the Civil War. Ehrman's sending back the photographs, right? Ehrman's taking photographs and sending them back to Germany, to the Gestapo. Uh, so this resulted in German leftist volunteer fighters who had been coming from Germany being per persecuted when they came back home, and their families. Errol's totally oblivious. After Errol spread rumors, <laughs> he had been killed or shot in the face. Wait, say that again? So he's, in, he's a big star, and yeah. he's in 
Spain, and now he's just with this leftist fighter group, and he wants attention, so he made a rumor that he got shot in the face. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fun one to spread. Wasn't true. But they wanted to see what would happen if they... T- and, of course, people are like, oh, my God, he got shot in the face. So then Jack Warner ordered him to come home. He's like, enough of your fucking war shit. Enough. Come back home and act. That's what's important. So Arrow went back to making movies, and he and Lily divorced in 1940 while she was pregnant with their first son. Errol signed the worst divorce agreement in the history of the world. Uh, Okay. He had to pay a fixed sum annually based on a percentage of his salary. Okay. Okay. That sum would go up if his salary increased. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it would never go down. Oh, after it went... Oh, it's it's like the bus on speed. So you hit 50... And he agreed to pay taxes on the sum. So he's not just giving Jeez. her the money, he's paying taxes on it. Was, is he just, he takes the first option he hears? Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. I'll, yeah, fuck okay, me. Okay, great. Sign right here, you idiot. Errol, sorry. Errol, sign here, Errol. We all respect you. Oh my God, what an idiot. But the tax payments he gave her were counted by the IRS as additional income, so they taxed her at a higher amount. So she sued for the difference to be paid, which he had to pay. Oh, shit. Which put her into a higher tax bracket. Oh, shit. And she was taxed higher. And she sued Errol to pay again. For the rest of his life, Lily would take him to court to win the upkeep of her alimony payments because of tax increases. Oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> When you said the worst, I was like, it can't be that bad. What did he do, 30%? My God, what? <laughs> um, Errol still had enough money, though. He moved into a mansion on Mulholland Drive and had it fitted with peepholes and two-way mirrors. Had it fitted hey, with uh, peepholes? Did you say peepholes? Peepholes and, and two-way, two-way mirrors. mirrors, yeah. Okay, cool. So that's a normal... Yeah, yeah. Right, that happens a lot in... Yeah, no, I haven't heard that. I, um... I've not heard that. You don't really watch your buddies fuck? Sorry, it's huh? for fucking watching. You watch your buddies fuck? I don't have my buddies. No, I guess is the answer. No, I don't. I have not. Maybe you didn't hear me correctly. No, I heard you very perfectly. Let me slow uh, it down. You like to watch your buddies fuck? How do you get back there? Is it just this way and a left? And then you just gotta. So hang on. Was he just inviting his friends around? Okay, go on. He kept fucking, filming movies, and getting into fistfights on nights out in Hollywood. Then America entered World War II in 1941. Many actors were enlisting. Even Jack Warner was a lieutenant colonel. Two years earlier, Errol had been ordered to sell his yacht because foreigners weren't allowed to own sea vessels over 15 tons. Even the Irish? (laughs) (laughs) To keep it, he became an American citizen. Okay, so that's what got him, huh? Yeah. Yeah, fucking Yankee bastard. You always have said yeah. you didn't like that. I he was, was like, you know who I don't yeah. like? Irish who become Americans. Yeah, They're the yeah. worst. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers. So he tried to enlist, but no branch of the military would take him because he had tuberculosis, venereal disease, recurring mal- malaria, and a large heart and chronic back pain from stunts. When did he get TB? He. <laughs> I just. We just breezed by that. He just picked that up at an orgy or something, right? I had something in a while. A cough in my mouth. Come on, give me a little. (laughs) 
Ah, I need a problem. The government also had a file on him from Spain and thought if he was not a Nazi, then he was at least a Nazi sympathizer. But he had no idea. No. Right. Now, because he was a big manly star, Warner Brothers refused to explain the reason he wasn't serving because it was because it was because of health problems. He's too want... good looking. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was hurt his image. So for the entire war, the media and public ridiculed and abused Errol for being a draft dodger. Right. In nineteen forty two he started having heart attacks, but kept making movies. <laughs> Yeah, one guy's like, that's fucking dedication. Yeah. Also, I love the sentence, started having heart attacks. <laughs> yeah. Like, normally you go, you had a heart attack. But no, 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 he started the process of regularly having heart attacks and well, then just going, fuck it, let's act. He signed in the divorce deal. He was like, I'll get some heart attacks, sure, whatever <laughs> yeah, you guys need. Right, I'm right. down. I'll start some. I don't give Increasing a shit. Increasing heart attacks? I'll pay for all the for medical sure, yeah, costs. and I'll pay yeah, for sure, the taxes sure, sure, that sure, go sure. against that, obviously, because that's the, the yeah. genuine income. Okay, <laughs> sure. You can take my heart. Do you just want my heart? Just have my heart. Just have my heart. And then he was charged with two counts of having sex with underage girls. How is he? How? How does this? How is he still fucking? It's it's, things should be dropping off. Oh, he should be like a Mr. Potato Head right now. I feel like he has sex issues. I think he might have sex issues. I think Dave's right. So. The two incidents happened a year apart. One, a girl was 15 and she was a model, and the other was a 17-year-old actress. Errol was represented by a big celebrity attorney who picked a jury that was nine, 12, nine out of 12 women. Right? Okay. <laughs> so uh, he's like... Right, I get it. What, you get it? Yeah, yeah. I get it. At yeah. first, I was like, what a dumb move. Wait a minute, that prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he went after the victim's character. One had an abortion, and the other had been arrested for giving her boyfriend a blowjob. Uh, I mean, the criminality. Unbelievable. Imagine! Uh. Both of those things were illegal. <laughs> but I mean, my guess in this just... time is it was legal to receive a blowjob. Right? Always. Yeah, you could legally receive one, legal. you just couldn't give one. Officer! Look what she's doing to me! She's oh, a help, criminal! Sir, help! Help me, sir! Help oh, me! Oh, God, she's a criminal! She oh, went down my there with God. a knife! I think she's biting my nuts off! I don't know what to do! Get off of me, beast! Oh, oh. oh what have you done? Finish when he's turning away. Put your oh. oh, my God, no! No! Oh, my God. Hey, this one's really a criminal. Holy shit. Hey. Well, obviously, uh... Woo, lock this one up, you know what I'm talking about? Obviously, uh, you're free to go. You're just uh, being a man. And uh, you're coming with us. You are unbelievable. Unbelievable what oh you did. Oh, my God, you mouth whore. Sinner. Absolute Sir, sinner. you're fine. Sir, You've walk been a away. good man, and I'm sorry that woman did that to you. Yeah. His, in court, his lawyer pointed out that the 15-year-old was particularly unattractive, and Errol was super good-looking. What it, is it? What? It was a good time. What? That was part of the case. Ugh. She's ugly. But how? I mean, I would imagine. Whatever. They, he literally stood. <laughs> he literally stood in court and went, "This hot guy wouldn't fuck her." And the court jury was like, "Well, I would like to uh, offer the argument of UGLY. She ain't got no alibi. <laughs> she ugly." <laughs> He's good. He's very good. He's like Atticus Finch. 
Movie fans showed up every day to support Errol and protest against the victims. You didn't do anything wrong, Errol. You're the man. Some organized themselves into pro-Errol Flynn groups like the American Boys Club for the defense of Errol Flynn. Whoa. That's a deep cut. During the trial, Errol started sleeping with 19-year-old Nora Eddington, who he met while she was selling cigarettes at the courthouse. Sky, it, what? He was acquitted. The two girls would continue to be hassed for years by Errol F- Flynn fans. The 19-year-old, uh, sorry, the 17-year-old said, quote, I knew those women would acquit him. They just sat and looked adoringly at him, adoringly at him as if he was their son or something. No, not their son. Yeah. No, no, no. So Errol, Errol's, uh, that's not, that should say something else. Oh, Errol, Errol, Errol's career went on like nothing happened, if you can imagine that. No, that's shocking. Yeah. At I least Hollywood. the entertainment industry is. Yeah, a, I mean, thank God it's right of right the ship. Yeah, it's different, finally. Yeah, thank God. We it cleaned took that a while. Up. But I think it's up. stories like this that we've clearly learned from that I think yeah. is important, um, you know, that we have now learned, uh, learned that stuff. Yes. Yep. From the trial, from the trial, the term in like Flynn became popular. Oh, wow. Meaning it was a girl was a sure thing. Errol, which people still use, correct? I mean, it's yeah. still... I've been Definitely. sitting on it the whole podcast because I knew it would come up at some stage, but I didn't want to go there. But yeah, it's a very... It's, well, it was a common like, yeah. Australian yeah. expression, like, yeah. but just to refer to other things, like yeah. not even to that, like you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah mate, fine, you're in like Flynn. Yeah, kind of life of its own. Yeah. Yeah, right. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in like Flynn does not have the same meaning anymore, David. No. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> Errol then Sounds got, like something his fancy lawyer would have gone with, though. Yeah. And you'll be in like Flynn. <laughs> if the good. dick does not fit, you must acquit. He's good. He, <laughs> he's very good. I don't know what it is. It might be rhyming, but I don't think that it is. In like Flynn means that you have gonorrhea, TB, heart problems. Yeah. Okay. And you tried to fuck David Niven, or at least you put your finger in his butthole during an orgy. Is that confirmed that that was the first? Because that's an aggressive first move. I mean, especially, hey, I'm in like Flynn. Ah, what are you doing? Ah, come on. David, don't be weird. <laughs> the fuck? We're all fucking. Let me get an F in the B. Let's do it. <laughs> Errol then got the cigarette girl, Nora, pregnant. He was concerned for her, her reputation. Oh, uh, surely. Surely, surely, surely. So he married her. Oh, okay. I thought that was okay. That's nice. Way. Wow, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Nora I mean, lived in a different house, though, while he stayed in the mansion. Yeah. <laughs> what? I got a lot of fucking to do. Yeah. Errol again decided to jump into writing. This time he started taking opium for inspiration. <laughs> well, we've all done that. <laughs> what beats writer's block than uh, loss of consciousness, sort of. So he got into taking opium for writing inspiration, and then he forgot why he started taking opium, and, and he never wrote the book. <laughs> what book? <laughs> That's amazing. All right, a little opium, then I'll get down to writing. You. <sighs> oh, fuck. <laughs> the fuck was I going to do? <laughs> Smoke opium. Yes. Oh, she's just... <laughs> oh, my God. What's I going to do? Smoke opium, that's right. 
<laughs> How's your book? Oh my God! Yes, yes, I've been smoking opium for six months. Right, yes, the book. I'm gonna smoke a little opium and get into it right now. Thank you for that. I needed, yes, back, baby. Uh, by 1949, Nora had enough, and she was out, and they divorced. Errol managed to get off opium, but then started drinking at least a bottle of vodka a day. Wow. Might be he time was... to get back into opium. Yeah. <laughs> he was shit-faced from midday onwards and had hepatitis and liver damage. Jesus. Dave, okay, here's, uh, as, here's what we need. Let's go through a list of diseases he doesn't have. <laughs> Because that's going to be shorter now. I mean, when people talk about Errol Flynn as the man who had everything, I did not know what <laughs> they meant by that. Hey, a lot of these diseases are in like Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> he still managed to fall in love and marry his third wife. Who wants well, any you know of what? this? He's, he's a romantic. He has yeah. to have like flies buzzing around him at this point. <laughs> Who's <laughs> like, oh, I mean, he's obviously dying, but he's easy on the eyes. Uh, Who was this uh, new one? Uh, he married actress Patricia Wymore. They were in a movie together in 1950. Uh, first, though, he had to break off an engagement to Romanian princess Irene Gica. Uh, he did not do it himself. He had his housekeeper call for him. <laughs> Who he was obviously fucking... <laughs> While she made the call. Yeah. Did you clean up that mess? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, the new couple started spending their time at his estate in Jamaica, uh, which was a party place. Also, Where was it? Well, Jacob, Jamaica was not... Back then, he was like the first guy to go no, to Jamaica. No, but I mean, wherever he goes yeah. is a yes, party place. Yes, yeah. I mean, except his liver. Right. Or, or David Niven's butthole. <laughs> Which, if you've ever seen that, it was made in 1953. It's a great movie. Shot through a two-way mirror right here. He had his parents uh, living at his estate in Jamaica. Why? I can't. Yeah. That seems weird. Yeah. That seems so, like an odd choice with the yeah. lifestyle he has to have the folks around. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, with that lifestyle? He finally connected with his dad, though. Yeah who it turns out had been fucking women all over the world on his botany trips. Uh, uh, we finally have something in common. Venereal disease. <laughs> oh, I was planting seeds, Errol. <laughs> <laughs> and pearls. Oh, I got the great pearl, Errol. We all got it. We're Flynn's. Oh, wow, that hurts. Even at 70, his father had a 40-year-old mistress on the island, but stayed married. Now, Errol had made 35 films. <laughs> Errol made 35 films in 18 years with Warner Brothers, uh, but now he was seen as unreliable. His films, his films made less money, and his lifestyle was taking a toll on his looks. Oh, finally. And in 1953, after he cranked out a huge failure of a movie, Jack Warner tore up his contract. That's tough. I mean, this guy deserved a break, I think. Right? Fine. I mean, just like, what has he done? What yeah. has he done to deserve yeah. this? Errol had another kid with Patrice. Uh, he didn't want to become an old actor working in TV or shit films. So no, he, he decided... wanted to work in VD. <laughs> He's like, I want to transition. He decided to make his own movie. Okay. <laughs> the story of William Tell. 
He poured hundreds of thousands of dollars into it, but it folded before the film was completed and Arrow was financially fucked. To make matters worse, his business manager died. And it turned out the business manager had not only failed to pay property taxes on the mansion, but he had been stealing from Arrow the whole time. Okay, good. Arrow was in financial ruin, and he couldn't pay Lily, obviously, for the increasing yeah, alimony she, payments. Yeah, she, so she sued him, and she was given the Mulholland Drive mansion, which she sold for a huge profit. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's totally yep, awesome. Yep. I mean, the real lesson of this story is that if you fuck every single person you ever meet, you don't keep up to date with your finances. Yeah. That's right. Well, and at the end of it, his ex-wife was fucking him still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Errol was now a bloated, haggard man. He looked kind of like a guy who for decades had been drinking heavy, doing drugs, diagnosed with lots of VD, malaria, hepatitis, tuberculosis, and had numerous heart attacks. Sure. He couldn't get cast and became what he always feared, an actor working in shit films and television. And of course, he then started hanging around L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, boy. Oh, no. There's that name again. <clears throat> Hubbard's wow. oldest son, Ronald, would later say, quote, They were only interested in money, sex, booze, and drugs. Flynn was pretty much of a burned-out hulk. But he was involved in smuggling deals with my father. Gold from the Mediterranean and some drugs, mostly cocaine. They were both uh, just a little larger than life. Errol Flynn was like my father. Also, he would take anything to bed. Boys, girls, 50-year-old women, 10-year-old boys. Flynn and my father had insatiable appetites. Tons of mistresses. They lived very high on the hog. Uh, Literally, sure. on a hog. I'm not yeah. sure he knows what high on the hog means. No. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's what uh, L. Ron Hubbard's son said. Uh. I'm going to get killed. Uh. <laughs> 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 My God, Jesus Christ. I mean, Patrice left Errol in 1957, uh, though they never divorced. I don't know. Okay. They never got divorced. But things turned around uh, for Errol in 1957. Jack Warner personally cast him in The Sun Also Rises. Jack couldn't think of a better actor to play the role of Mike Campbell, a sad, bloated, haggard old drunk <laughs> with money and women troubles. It, I wonder if he was like oblivious enough to not know that was him. He had to So who known. is this guy? Who is he? He's fucking garbage. He's a oh, piece yeah, of shit. The script He's got shows VD. That. Oh, what He's a nightmare. Hepatitis. Oh, my God, imagine. Fat, oh, drunk, yeah, old, yeah. gross. Yeah. Well, I should drink some vodka and uh, wash my dick, but I'm into this. Let's do it. He's 48. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really... He's packed it in, though. Like, oh, yeah. He's lived a life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was very believable, and critics raved about the role. <laughs> For the rest of his career, he was typecast as an old, disgruntled drunk. But he's back filming, and he was on the Warner Brothers lot when 15-year-old dancer Beverly Adlin... Oh, David, David, David. ...caught the eye of Errol. David, no. Beverly said they fell madly in love and were planning on getting married. Married. Uh, well, <laughs> kind of married. I got Meryl. The something blue he gave me was his genitals. <laughs> He's old, I'm new. <laughs> so she says they're in love and getting Meryl. Meryl. Oh, there we go again. 
There it is again. Meryl. Errol's quotes are different. Quote, young women are great. You don't have to listen to them when they talk. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, he's just Guy, incredible. I mean, honestly, stop talking. <laughs> Why would he? It's going fine for him. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Like, he's terrible, but it's all working there's out never, fine. There's ne- the only punishment he has so far is self-inflicted. Nothing that he did came back at him. Right. In 1958, Errol was given an advance to write an autobiography. <laughs> a little opium will help with that. <laughs> autobiography? Oh, thank you. He was living in Jamaica with 15-year-old Beverly. Uh, the ghostwriter he hired said they kept being interrupted by pimps bringing in local girls to the house for Errol to have sex with. He'd disappear upstairs for a bit and then come back to writing. That's the best way to write. In 1958, Arrow went to Cuba as Fidel Castro was in the final stages of his coup. He said he uh, went to make a movie called Cuban Rebel Girls, but he really wanted to to interview Fidel Castro and make a documentary of the revolution called Cuban Story. The day Fidel overthrew the Batista regime, Arrow was there with Castro and the rebels. Everyone saw him. Arrow spent five days with Fidel. The Cuban Rebel Girls movie was not successful. Hmm. His pro-Fidel documentary, Cuban Story, was shown only once in Moscow. Well, that's where you want to have a premiere. Beverly said Errol had no idea Fidel was a communist. That makes Herman Urban seem less slick. You know, I'm a Nazi. Awesome. Take a picture. I'm a Nazi. I I can't see. You're taking it, so do it. Awesome. I'm with Hitler. Hey, man, you want to get a bite or how are you feeling? In October 1959, Errol's finances were still in terrible shape. He decided to lease his yacht to a Canadian businessman. As he was being driven back to the Vancouver airport, Errol started complaining of severe pain in his leg and back. What's it from, maybe? (laughs) Oh, everything. Right, it's everything. Right. Uh, he was then medicated by a doctor and told to take a nap before his flight. That's the best doctor ever. Yeah, your back hurts and your legs? Hey, take a pill and go sleepy. Oh, thank you. You're very good. <laughs> After 20 minutes, Beverly checked on him and Errol Flynn was dead. The coroner said it... <laughs> uh, I wish we had a mic on that. What? All I'm going to say is, an hour and a half ago, if someone had just randomly said, Errol Flynn was dead, and someone said, yay, in Australia, people would be like, that's a weird reaction. But after what I've just heard, yeah, you're fucking right. Yay. Yay. Yay, fucking yay. Fucking monster. Yay. He still fucked two other people, the mortician (laughs) and the mortician's daughter. He's been dead for a week, but he actually, a, a lady who works here is pregnant, and, um... <laughs> Sorry. I'm dead. How you doing? <laughs> he won't die. Hey. The coroner said it was a heart attack, but noted all major organs were diseased, and he had, he had significantly advanced cirrhosis of the liver. Sure. Errol always said he wanted to be buried in Jamaica and they'd hate to be buried somewhere like Forest Lawn Memorial Park Cemetery in Glendale, California. So, it's a very specific thing to say. 
Where's he? Um, well, he was still married to Patrice, who buried him at Forest Lawn Memorial Park. <laughs> We found out here. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Errol died owing millions, including $1.4 million to the IRS. His alimony pay- payments finally stopped. I, I don't know if they had to, though. Well, the deal with Lily was uh, that they would only stop if he died or she got married. Immediately after he died, oh, Lily yes. married her longtime partner, <laughs> Alan Loomis, an Eskimo pies manufacturer. What? So she fucking... Hang on, what? She won on so many levels. Rich Eskimo pies. Wow. Yeah. That's um, uh, that, yeah. that guy was like, no, I do not want to get married until he's dead. This is a great... <laughs> yeah, I, we've got the Eskimo pie money, but more money's more. Let's take more of the Eskimo pie. Do you know what I'm saying? I like to think that the Eskimo pie business was actually never profitable and it was only surviving on Errol Flynn's alimony payments. He was propping up the business for 15 years and then they just disappeared and you're like, where did they go? Oh, Errol Flynn died. No one actually buys this ice cream. Um, so when Lily died in 1994, she left an estate of $10.3 million. Errol basically turned Jamaica into a tourist destination on his own. Today, many brochures in Jamaica include references to Errol Flynn as a hero. Because before he went to Jamaica, no one was going there. And then because he was a star, it became a thing. The brochures don't discuss all the underage sex he had with local girls while he was there. I mean, it'd probably be weirder if they did. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I mean, imagine you're going on a holiday and then, like, down in the foyer next to... Do you want to go to Dreamworld? There's also one that, like, Errol Finn fucked a whole bunch of... Hang on, this is weird. Yeah. No, yeah. You keep that part out. Sure. Come to Jamaica, ma. We've got... No, 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 no. We've got very young... No! Anyway, uh, Hollywood's better. Ugh. Wow. And uh, it's cleaned up its act. It's still not a place that harbors uh, sex uh, criminals. Stays are over. Um, That is crazy. That gets said a lot, huh? Um, You think you know a guy, and then. I just. I mean, this is How? really, I mean... How? How did that... I just I feel mean, like I'm looking like... through a two-way mirror at myself right yeah. now. <laughs> remember when, like, putting uh, bacon through duck asses was crazy at the beginning, and then you get to the end, and you're like, that's not nuts. It's just, I mean, that's how you get a bunch of ducks together. That makes sense now. Everything else doesn't. Holy shit. Um... What do we do? Go backstage and ice our brains? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um, I mean, when I when I can't I, believe there's a fucking second show after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, every time I read this, I'm just like, what? I don't. What? Ha- what's happening? You gotta be like, you have to during that. You have to be like, this has to be a different guy I'm reading. About. Is this <laughs> definitely? This is also him. Yeah, but then you think of all the fucking guys: Woody Allen, Bill Cosby, Roman Polanski, fucking Weinstein. It's a fucking plethora of fucking monsters like that's what Hollywood attracts because it's power and you have control over people and you can force your will you're 
I mean, it's not a huge note to finish the show on, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you guys were awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for coming out. We appreciate it, truly. Thank you, guys. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.